And we're back. It's the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast from Tokyo to Seattle and all points throughout history. I'm Jim Valley on the shores of Lake Washington near Seattle, Washington. And across the pond, across the Pacific Rim, we go to Tokyo, Japan, and legendary reporter and historian Fumi Saito. How you doing, Fumi? Good. How are you? Doing great. Hello from Tokyo. Monday yeah. morning here. Uh, before It's Sunday night here. And before we get started, a couple of things I wanted to touch base on. First thing is yeah. I want to thank everybody. Uh, we had a mm. really big first show. And then the other mm-hmm. show sort of dropped off, and I was like, oh, no, did, did we run everybody off? But no, everyone's come back, and everything is growing phenomenally right now as far as our <laughs> as far as far our listens and our downloads. So I love that. So thank you to everybody. Episode one, two, three, two. Episode, episode one for the last few weeks has been by far, has had double the numbers of everything that we've done. Oh, wow. But this past week... Two, three, and four have all caught up. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's yeah. really awesome. So thank you to everybody for listening. And I have a feeling that uh, they're going to want to know about this episode because we've got a ton of news mm-hmm. to cover. I know we're, we were going to talk about uh, baby faces and heels in the United States who succeeded in Japan and weren't necessarily big in North America and vice versa. We've got so much news that I'm sure everyone wants to hear and hear your opinion and get some background on that we probably okay. will hold that off till next time, but I don't think anyone's going to mind. But if you're tuning in for that, I just wanted to let you know uh, straight out the box. That's what's, wow, what's going great. on. We have got some huge news because when I pitched that topic last week i figured that power struggle was going to be kind of a placekeeper show and it was it was anything but a huge announcement chris jericho yeah. kenny omega wrestle kingdom single match I I, yeah. I I gotta say first thing before before we get all of your background on this that when they were going back and forth on twitter i was kind of eye rolling because I was like, okay. oh, this is going to lead to like a match on the Jericho Cruise. And let's be honest, these guys are not going to pull a full-on five-star, full everything they can do just on a ship. It's just going to be just kind of a place kicker match. It'll be nice, but it's not going to be anything special. And I just kind of thought they were working everybody. And then I wake mm. up to this announcement and I'm like, holy cow, Chris Jericho has done it yet again. Mm, mm very special it's now it's the second main event yeah you know to many people yeah. it might be the first main event yeah it's just two 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 main events Kazuchika Okada against Naito now yeah you know? which is then, which is hot that's a main event yeah that's a Wrestlemania main event like and now you got a Kenny Omega I mean Japanese Canadian you know top star against Larger than life superstar Chris Jericho, right? You know, Chris Jericho is an amazing person in wrestling in regard to, you know, he he says he's the greatest and he said some great performances. I take nothing away from him, but he is a survivor. You know, there were times when the WWE machine was coming down on him. I think a lot of people Mm. would have cracked under that pressure. A lot of people would have ran under that pressure and he Mm. regrouped and he listened to them and came back and adapted to what they wanted from him and he succeeded. And I, I, he's, he's an amazing person. He, he really is. Yeah, success. Yeah. Success story, huh? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but he's, he's a big determination always. 
So what is yeah. your reaction to this? To this, did you know this was coming, or did this surprise even? Oh, you? Oh no, no, it got me off guard too, because you know Chris Jericho very careful about not letting it out, you know, yeah. until it's officially announced. And also, he had to be quiet, you know, towards American audience and American, you know, the, the connection too, because this should not get out before it's announced, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then I guess he's the only person, actually, who can uh, sign three months contract with WWE and tell WWE that this is what I'm going to do, and he can do other stuff. See, he has, you know, Fuzzy rock bands, European tour, tour, or other places touring, you know, all the time, in between wrestling, and do other things. His kids, his kids from Florida, they're on um, um, Animal Planet, television you know that uh he he does that too you know and a lot of outside interest and also his podcast is huge too right. so tell me about jericho when he was in japan he did some japan, he, right. yeah he actually learned japanese right um actually he um he speaks more Japanese than he lets out, you know. It's funny that the, he, I think he understands what people are saying. Not as much as he can say in Japanese, but he can listen to Japanese and get most of the conversation. You and didn't he learn to write? And he was like the key guy. Right, he learned how to write hiragana and kanjis that the Japanese characters while he was here. Because he wanted to read the line notes, you know, he buys all kinds of rock and roll CDs here. You know, go to Tokyo downtown and go to Tower Records and stuff, and he buys all kinds of CDs. And he wanted to be able to read the liner notes, you know. You know. And the funny thing is, is, those rock and roll bands from like Europe, like Halloween, they have bonus track for Japanese albums, like a, two or three extra songs tracks. That's why he wanted to buy all kinds of CDs here in Japan. You should see Jericho's, you know, his home um, CD library. He has more over 15,000 CDs up on his wall, like a library. Yeah, so it's just, uh, let's see, um, he's intelligent. Um, and, uh, well, it's like he's, let's put it this way, that uh, he planned on a lot of things and he really did it one by one. You know, right when he was getting out of high school, he um, he wanted to be a wrestler. He wanted to be a vocal for a rock and roll band, you know. Then which one he should do first? He was 20, so it's like, I'm a wrestler first. Then I can be a rock and roll you know, band too. And just, he just did it all, you know. He was, uh, when I met him, you know, like in 92 or 3, that uh, I just thought he got... Uh, superstar written all over him already yes you could tell this guy is going to be a big deal yes not because he was good looking but uh, something about him you know that he's gonna do a lot of good things you know and uh, he do it all yes and he was he was kind of the uh, go-between between the uh, the American and uh, Western wrestlers and the uh, the Japanese office when he was wrestling in Japan, right? Yeah, he um, and also he was not wrestling with big company like New Japan and All Japan. He was with W A R Tenru's company at the time. You know, 
And, uh, and then New Japan found him. It's like a, they wanted to use him. Do you, if you remember, this is like a useless trivia. But he worked as a fake Liger one year, you know, the Tokyo Dome show. I think it was the last time he was in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I guess so. Ah, uh, yes, right. Then he went back to WAR too. But uh, he was friends with Ultimate, Dra you know, Ultimate Dragon. And he was brought to Mexico. Then also he was um, mm -hmm. he was brought to ECW through WAR and uh, ECW on. Well, it's like he went to WCW and he went to WWE. It's like he he, uh, he knew this is the path he has to go through. You know, he knew he had to work WCW before he went to WWE. For some reason, that was a method at the time, right? Yeah, no, it makes sense at the time. Yeah, that was kind of the path a lot of people, you know, a lot of people yeah. who, who went straight to WWF, you had to be like Kevin Nash size to be able right, to become a star, right. but probably is, probably was in his best interest given his size and his style to to not go straight to WWF. Yeah, you're right. Right. And he was on, you know, night, you know, television with Nitro for a few years, for two or three years before he joined WWE. And he was like a Y2J, you know, like a Millennium year 2000 1999 2000 new century all kinds of things he got you know he he made that era part of his gimmick well when they showed the video at power star yeah. you could hear the audience chanting y2j right right because it was I'm y2k right which i'm sure he doesn't own but i'm sure wwe owns that so he'll he'll mm -hmm, just be mm -hmm. chris jericho but um but before he was Chris Jericho before WWE and yeah. they didn't change his name. Yeah, he's a lot lucky. of times. Yeah, a lot of times they'd come up with a new name. And also, very first WWE contract, he, there was a uh, that uh, clause that, that uh, he owned partially creative control on his character already. Creative control. You know, and then uh, Vince McMahon said, "You know, McMahon said, all right, you have creative control on your character.' Only two wrestlers had done that before: Roddy Piper and Bret Hart had creative control. Well, creative control meaning that uh, he ha he can sit down and you know give up you know his own opinion and plans and agenda. You know, and WWE had to listen to it. Also, I guess they trusted uh, Chris's creativity then." Well, and he's done some great stuff, particularly, you know, he's had a great second act of his career, uh, being mm -hmm. very serious. You know, his latter match with Shawn Michaels in Portland, Oregon was amazing. Uh, you know, he's, oh. like I said, he's he's reinvented himself a number of times and, you know, where a lot of people, yeah, I think there's some truth to, to that promo that he cut at Power Struggle for the video where he says that, you know, a lot of people say they're the greatest in the world and they're gone now. And he, mm. you know, he's he's been able to reinvent himself, and not reinvented. in and not in an ironic yeah, stay sense. Relevant. Yeah, stay relevant. Yeah, yeah, not in an ironic sense the way the the Hardys did with their broken gimmick. That's more kind of ironic and a bit tongue in cheek. Jericho has mm. been legitimately relevant and uh, relevant. Yeah, always, always. When so, he had long blonde hair, he was long blonde hair guy. And when he came back in 2006 or something, uh, you know, 26, 2006, he had a shorter hair, and he had another run as WWE champion too. Yeah. 
No, you see. Keep reinventing himself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's he's really overachieved and good for him on that. Yeah, oh, definitely. And when he comes back, even for a three, four, five months period, he makes sure that he has programs people like, say, Bray Wyatt, you know? Yeah. That stay relative. You know? Or Kevin I'm, 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 Owens. Kevin Owens, right, right. The up and coming superstar, you actually have program going with them. You know, and uh, yeah, he's he stays on top, you know, a program, storyline, everything. But not just storyline, but people, I think, actually believe his, you know, character, gimmick, as something real, you know? So, something real, meaning like he's like that, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, that, and as they always say in wrestling, you know, the best things do have a grain of reality or a grain of believability in them. Sure, sure. And then you do it for so long that uh, it really becomes you, you know. Yeah. So, so what do you I'm think? Sure gonna... He's Chris Jericho twenty four seven. Oh so... God! It's like oh, because he. I'm sure this this was um, program that uh, was put together by Jado and Gedo, New Japan bookers, but very good personal friend of Chris Jericho. So. When they decided to bring Chris Jericho in, they were going to do something special. So, what do you think? Uh, yeah, 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 my yeah, my feeling is though this is still not a. Um, it could be short term, it could be six months thing, but not a real long program. So, I'd say. I think Chris Jericho is willing to put Kenny Omega over. If he goes over on the first match. Then return match will happen, you know. Then we won't know until January. Maybe you know, Long Beach. If it's one, yeah. Oh, maybe. Well, I don't think Chris Jericho will wrestle in America for a different group. When he's working within America, that has to be WWE. But if it's in Japan, he will work some, you know, like New Japan and uh, do his program accordingly. But I kind of don't think he'll appear on in New Japan American show. Kind of doubt that one. Do Japan you, deal, he takes us separately. How big is this announcement? I Obviously, this is very big in the United States and in North America. How big is it in Japan? Right now, because they, they only announced it like uh, uh, yesterday, a uh, day before yesterday. So it was like uh, it's initial reaction right now. Is it is it really is it rumor or they really officially announced it? So they're in uh, like a uh, still talking, you know, the, the stage, you know. It is official. It is official. So people tell you know talking to each other. Oh, it is official. So it's very beginning stage. It'll be another month, you know, to build this thing up. You know, it's big though. So a couple of a couple of Tokyo yeah. Dome shows ago, they let the fans yeah. vote as to whether they wanted the IWGP Championship or the Intercontinental Championship to close out the show. Could we see another fan vote to decide which match closes out the show, the uh, Kenny Omega-Chris Jericho match or the uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match? Um, God, I don't, I don't want to sound so nationalistic or almost bigot or anything like that please don't get me wrong but right. i think Jap japanese company will always put japanese title match at the end though yeah 
There's, I don't think yeah, there's anything yeah, wrong so, with that. I'm just, I'm just asking your yeah. opinion. And if someone so, has a problem with that, I, yeah, I'd say Okada and Naito is like a top of top program. So that's the uh, very main event last match. But this Kenny Omega, like a Japanese-made, you know, gaijin foreign superstar, against larger-than-life Chris Jericho, also Canadian. And uh, we knew, you knew if you want to dig out, the, you know, their background, it could be very similar. That Kenny Omega, Canadian, right, came to Japan when he was nobody, and uh, he's been working here, what, seven years now. That and he speaks pretty fluent Japanese, and started out with DDT, independent company, and got pretty popular and uh, got the New Japan contract being brought in and being treated as top foreign talent over here. Whereas Chris Jericho had a very similar path, you know. He, he came over here young. He used to, you know, come here and stay here 90 days at a time. He was staying at the small cubby hall, you know, <laughs> cheap hotels. And uh, he was like... Uh, Oh, it's just such a success story that uh, he went to, he went back to America and, then, you know, ECW, WCW, and WWE. And then uh, one night he beat both Stone Cold and Rock and became undisputed WWE champion. And then came back with The Rock for Japan Tour 2002 or three, you know. Um, so just uh, he has shown all his success story in front of the audience here. And, uh, yeah, Chris Jericho is more, um, he's like WWE superstar, but also hardcore fans in Japan know that I've been, we've been watching this guy for so long kind of guy, you know, just special feeling about Chris Jericho here. And also he likes Japan. So, yeah, so uh, that makes such a good story here. Do you think they'll be uh, given the? If you think that they will not go on last, do you think that the promotion will limit what they can do so as not to take anything away from the main event, or do you think they'll just get carte blanche? Oh, I'm sure and... they can have as long as you know, they want. You know, they, when they have Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom, you're talking five hour, sometimes six hour show, right? So that enough time will be given to them. I'm pretty sure. It's not 10, 15 minutes and go, you know. I'm sure they'll be ha you know, having a very long, meaningful single match. If what, it's the only opportunity, yeah. What do you think this match does for ticket sales? It will probably move some ticket, but not. I don't want to be negative about it, but the, the, the Wrestle Kingdom, Tokyo Dome show is the type of show that the people buy ticket because of the name January 4th traditionally you see New Japan I'm, I mean uh, New Year holiday is the biggest holiday you know bigger than Christmas you know vacation here and in January first week of January is like a, such a holiday season here and uh, goes way back like 1989 1990 you know when Inoki or Choshu Fujinami, Muto, Chono, Hashimoto, Kensuke, they're all in, in one company. They're running Tokyo Dome show, you know. People expect this Tokyo Dome to sell out no matter what. Kind of like WrestleMania, you know. 
Right, but so it it's hasn't hard to sold say. Out. But it hasn't sold huh? out. Can it sell out? With hasn't me? right. Well, because rest, wrestling in Japan had such a down period when K1, MMA, um, Pride, and, and uh, New Year's Eve, all kinds. Mm-hmm. See, MMA was so big that they stole a lot of wrestling fans. You know, even in Japan, see, there's some stigma that the <laughs> like wrestling fans have to, you know, have to face. It's like you've been told all his life, oh, wrestling is so fake, right? It's all entertainment. It's not real. Then serious wrestling fan would say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. No, this is what I like. A little bit more seriousness to it, but we still have to deal with wrestling stereotypes in you know it happens everywhere right so when mma came out this is what it should look like when it's if it's real and then uh, at the time people like nobuhiko takada or, or new japan's you know yuji nagata kendo kashin all those good wrestlers went into mma fight then pretty much lost it right and uh, oh, there was such a bad down period, 2000, 2003, four, up to 2005, six. We had such a down period in uh, in our wrestling history. But people like Tanahashi, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, New Japan as a whole, they are the ones who put it together again and uh, made wrestling big again. You know, you have to give them a lot of credit. So and do you the think Chris is coming back to Japan? Yeah, it's so, such a great timing. So what do you think? Forty thousand yes, people? What do you think? Yeah, Wait. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Could it sell yeah, out it in was, theory? No, these days they were announcing like sixty-five thousand. Sometimes they were saying that we had seventy thousand. Right. I kind of don't think it was you know legit, but uh, yeah, wrestling's. I should say New Japan. New Japan is getting popular, you know, more popular. So. This would add, yeah. So what, what do you think? Maybe 40,000? Yeah, I think so. Could it and in theory set? Could you in theory get 50,000 people? I think that's what, isn't that the legitimate, legit uh, capacity? Sell out at the Tokyo Dome? Yeah. Like 55 yeah, it's or hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, it depends on how you set up the, the, the ground level seating. You know, it's a baseball stadium, so you you seat people at the field, right? So it varies, depends on how you you know set up the chair and stuff. Yeah, it could draw fifty thousand this year, and Chris will bring WWE goers. You know, Japanese domestic wrestling fan and WWE universe slightly different. There are a group of fans only watch WWE. You know, but those people will be there this time. So, how many people are hitting you up for tickets? Huh? How many people are asking you to go buy them tickets? I, I don't know. <laughs> I've not. I, I never asked. You know, I'll I'll be there. But uh, yeah, um, it's a it's a good time. It's a January fourth. It's a I tradition. Know. You know. I yeah. saw that today, and I've I've been talking myself out of going. I'm thinking about maybe coming over. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm thinking uh, about yeah. It. Oh, it'll be a long show, you know. Yeah. That, uh, well, if you come to Japan during uh, New Year's holiday or end of the year into you know first week of January, just by being in Tokyo, you can go to twenty different shows, you know. 
Korakuen, Shinjuku, around Tokyo is December 30th, 31st, January 1st even, and then 2nd, 3rd, tradition, All Japan Korakuen two-day show. And uh, and there's going to be a fan fest, uh, like oh, much geez. like WWE Access, at the Korakuen Hall for New Japan. So I was thinking... If I were yeah. to come over, if I were to come over, you and I could do like podcasts like every day that From week. From here? Yeah. <laughs> every day of that week? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, attend shows. Go to Big Japan today. Go to Stardom show today. Good Lord. We're, we're at the Wrestling Noah show today. <laughs> you know, Wrestle One show, stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, that would be intense. <laughs> Even yeah, Fufu, your cat likes it. <laughs> I guess. Right, I'm a cat guy, so. Yeah, those are the cats you hear in the background. You have six cats, Fumi? Uh, five now, yeah. Five now. One died this year, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But you but, still have yeah, Fua I still Fua. have five. You still have Fua Fua. Uh, Fua Fua is a top We met Fua guy. Fua yeah, when we the were there. Event. We love Fua Fua. <laughs> Fua Fua is this big, fluffy black cat. And Fua Fua means fluffy, fluffy, right? Uh, I thought that's what you told me. Related. Is that what you told us? That uh, fluffy, fluffy. Yeah, fluffy, fluffy. Yeah. Fua, 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 fua. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was just. I uh, am. Yeah, that's my guy. That's an awesome. And name. I think your cat and my cats are somewhere, somewhat related. I think they are. Know? Sherman. Sherman is very fluffy too. We all from college. Oh, same like hairdo. Well, we'll have to talk about wrestling. We do. Well, let's um, <laughs> yeah. let's we'll save all the the uh, the Wrestle Kingdom Chris stuff. Chris Jericho. Well, I'd say this is going to be a big deal, you know, and this adding Chris Jericho on the card would just greatly elevate the, you know, importance. And also, uh, it could be um, attract a more general public too. So let's look ahead. Let's just yeah. say that, the, let's just say, let's just speculate right here that this is, no matter what, let's just say if it's one match, if it's two, three matches, let's say that no matter what happens, Kenny Omega is the winner of this program. Okay. I would say yes. Does this mean then that he leapfrogs Naito to become the next IWGP heavyweight champion uh, instead beating Okada instead of Naito? Does that does that cuz I kind of see sort of like this this uh race right now or a competition or I don't know exactly how Between to Between Kenny it. and Kenny and Naito? Correct. I would say the, the Okada, Naito, and Kenny Omega will become those three will become poster wrestlers for New Japan logo. You know, there's a New Japan logo, and when you add poster or something, or right. um, yeah, like a, you're a big poster guy. Like right now for WWE, you got a Brock Lesnar and you know. Uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns, and Finn Balor, and right or uh, AJ Styles, yeah, yeah, AJ Styles. Then you always have John Cena. Yeah, that's Tanahashi, you know, right. Tanahashi's role. But uh, right in the middle of the poster, you're gonna have Okada, and right in left, you have Naito and Kenny Omega. Those three are prime main event talent. Yeah. So, do you think that this will have any positive effect or do you think whatever Gato and Jato are booking is what they're booking and it 
this won't necessarily have any effect positive or negative on the career trajectory of Kenny Omega. This is just a big chapter, mm. a big feather, but probably doesn't affect him as far as, oh, gee, we need to get the title on him faster or we're going to get the title on him before well, we get Well, it depends on, you know, how they can use Jericho. It could be one shot, you know, one-time deal. It could be program. I kind of doubt that he, Jericho has long-term contracts with New Japan or anything like that, you know. But and let's also just he's, assuming he's, Kenny Omega he, wins the program. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming that one too. Okay. Yeah, because Chris Jericho can lose a match and you can be just as big a star. He's kind of guy. Yeah. And winning for Kenny Omega is a big deal, this this program. And winning, you know, beating Chris Jericho at the big show still probably won't make him bigger star overnight. Okay. Necessary. You know what I'm saying? You have to keep winning. You know, he, he has to be. If you if you if you wanted to talk about Kenny Omega and Naito, those two have to have to have program. Not having Chris Jericho in in, in the middle, because Chris then Naito has to have a single match against Chris Jericho too. It, I don't know if it's gonna happen. Maybe. Are you with me? I'm tracking with you. You you bring an interesting perspective. All right, let's... Yeah, because Kenny Omega will stay in Japan, yeah. you know? It's Chris Jericho will always be treated somewhat uh, in, like, you know, attraction, but in the back of their people's you know, head, in the back of their mind, Chris Jericho is not going to stay here for a long period of time, you know what I'm saying? He's a big star, but probably come and go, you know what I'm saying? At this stage of his career. Well, yeah, of course. He, he wants to yeah. do what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. So it will be good to have Chris Jericho on the, show, you know, on the card. And it's very good to be, be able to beat him. You know, it's a major superstar rub on it. But uh, Kenny Omega still has to beat Naito to surpass, you know. Well, let's uh, let's touch briefly on the, not the entire uh, Wrestle Kingdom card because as, as we get closer, yeah, yeah. as we get closer, we'll talk about this plenty. So I don't want to, sure, I don't want to sure, go to sure. the well too many times. Oh, because this is what, what the thirty match card or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, but I do yeah. want to cover a couple of the more new newsworthy things that came out of Power Struggle. Uh, one of those yeah. things being that uh, Switchblade is yeah. Jay White. Jay White. Yeah. What's your reaction to Jay mm -hmm. White coming back? That's his program. That he's New Japan boy. You know, he's a, you know he's from Great Britain. He's an English boy, but he graduated from New Japan Dojo and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Think he's one of them. You know. You know, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know who Switchblade was going to be. I know some people speculated. Oh, the vignette, yeah, the videos, yeah. all kinds of never shown, huh? Yeah. Then when you say you know switchblade, you just can't help but imagine somewhat like a Blade Runner type guy, right? You know that was the thing. I'm happy for Jay White. Don't get me wrong, but 
I thought when he came out, I thought that his his look is all wrong. I think his look, uh, the hair looks like Kenny Omega, kind of, kind of in the face, and the long, long yeah, and the long black long. jacket. I'm like everybody kind of has that, and I agree with you. He right. should look, look. He should look something like maybe like a Blade Runner, maybe like a like a Dirty Brown Court. or something. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just or yeah. or Baron Corbin look something. Yeah, you know? so exactly, exactly. I think yeah. that yeah. I I want him to succeed, and I hope he does. But I feel like the look he looks too much like everybody else right now. It's it's. I don't not, think it's not he distinct. came up with costume. New Japan Company came up with costume. And it was given to him, right? Well, somebody so. made a mistake. I don't know who it is, but somebody's wrong. It can always change, though. Yes. Yeah. It could evolve, you know. It can, and people you know? could always go yeah, see it and go. When yeah, Chris we need to Benoit came back from America, he was Pegasus Kid. Then had a program against Liger, unmasked, unmasked. Then became Wild Pegasus. So you could, you know, go through stages, though. Yeah. You know, because he's New Japan wrestler. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, and that was the other thing. It, it's obvious to me that the, you know when I saw Jay, I was like, oh yeah, they do kind of they kind of take care of their own. They're gonna keep it in the family. He's kind of part of the family. Yeah, because this, this is his full time company, pretty much, and he has committed that uh, he he doesn't want to work anyplace else. He wants to make it in New Japan, just like Juice Robinson. He will be some star here too. Speaking of committing and not committing, yeah. we've talked about this before, but the other match, uh, Kota Ibushi taking on Cody. Right, right. What's your um, prediction? Uh, I think it's going to be a very good match. I don't care. Yeah. And I don't care because I don't see Kota Ibushi until he commits to some place. I, I kind of don't think so. Yeah, weird. Different yeah. mentality. I just I'm losing yeah, it. I love Kota Ibushi. Yeah. I've been on the Kota Ibushi train for a long time and I'm losing momentum because it's going to be yet another losing great performance and I'm just kind of tired losing great of the yeah, losing I, great I performances. Right. I think it's just I think it's I think it's hurting him. I think he needs to sign in New Japan more than likely and just just reach his full If potential. you sign in New Japan, you can't do anything else, though. You know, it's like WWE, you're exclusive. What more do you need to do? I don't know. He wants to do other things, you know? Or he wants to be uh, like a game guy, you know? He's a vi- video game generation, you know? And Cody, uh, on the other hand, is very important guy to do business with ROH, America market. I I think Cody will be, you know, Cody Rose will be treated as somebody special. Yeah. Yeah, will be. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, I uh, Marty Skrull, the new uh, junior heavyweight champion. Any thoughts on that? Mm. Yeah, he'll be. Yeah, uh, they. Uh, I don't know how many wrestlers they want to add to the. You know, junior heavyweight cluster. You know, but. Junior heavyweight for New Japan and cruiserweight for WWE 205 is different. Yeah. You know, when you watch 205 cruiserweight, that's just smaller division, right? But uh, IWGP junior heavyweight title has, has been pretty, you know, pretty big title, you know? Junior heavyweight is pretty big deal here. 
historically, Fujinami was junior heavyweight champion. They turned heavyweight. Then uh, the, you follow the story for a long time, you know? Yeah. See what happens. Well, let's yeah. uh, let's move on then. Unless there, I don't think there's anything about uh, New Japan or Wrestle Kingdom new right now that we can that we necessarily. We could go over uh, you know, next week, you know in a few weeks. Yeah. You know, more things will come out. Yes. Yes. We'll we'll, we'll 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 talk about that plenty. I think this is all the news though right now. Uh, the okay. other thing that we need to talk about obviously is uh, the retirement of Manami Toyota. Man- Manami Toyota, a big big show. It wasn't at the Yokohama Arena or Budokan or anything, you know, it was in a smaller building, but uh, it was a more emotional thing that uh, um, Manami Toyota had 30-year career, you know, started when she was 16 and now 46. She had wrestled 30 years in front of the audience. That's a big, big thing. 30 years. How was she able to hold up for so long given the style that she wrestled? Gosh, so natural, you know, that is just a wrestling genius. And uh, she didn't really get hurt during her 30-year career. Oh, there's some minor injuries, but she never took time off, right? Which is amazing here, you know. And uh, the, the interesting thing is, though, all those 50 wrestlers who wrestled, see, she had one-minute match against 50 opponents, right? during the retirement card. Those were the wrestlers who had something to do with their career and Toyota's career. A lot of wrestlers, younger wrestlers today, grew up watching Toyota, you know, idolized it, and finally given the opportunity to be in the ring with your legend. So they, they cherished the one-minute match like, like something special for you. For audience, for Toyota too, but the ones who's actually in the ring with Toyota, they had the time of their wrestling career, you know? Male wrestlers too, even. Where do you put her in uh, Japanese history? Um, just like you, when you asked me Onita last time, oh, definitely top 10. You know, there are a lot of legends, you know? Um, Manami Toyota, but you had people like Jaguar Yokota, Devil Masami, Crash Girls, you know, JB, you know, Jumping Bomb Angels, then Aja Kong, then you have, oh, you have to, you cannot forget Bo Nakano, huge number one superstar, and Kyoko Inoueda, Takako Inoueda, there are so many, you know, there are so many, but she was always, Toyota was on her own, always. Probably for American audience, that black hair did it too, right? Long, I mean, like a, what what you would expect from Japanese women, you know, long black, straight hair, you know. Then uh, she works like real life ninja, right? What do you think her greatest matches? Oh, gosh, there's so many. My favorite would be Toyota against Kyoko Inoue, sixty minute Broadway. Non-stop 60 minute they had. I can't remember what year. 93, probably. Oh, there are so many, so many good ones. Toyota against Akira Hokuto. Um, there are so many, there are so many, yes. And not just one generation, but like 80s, 90s, late 90s, 2000, 
all the way to all the way to now. You know, so uh, she, just like Chris Jericho, Toyota reinvented herself too. You know, during the, during the time, because she was working with same you know like your same age generation, younger wrestlers, and uh, today's wrestlers. You know, she just crossed generations. Now there's a I've, I saw on uh, Reddit, which is uh, sort of this message board uh, website okay. that people it's very popular. Uh, a yeah. lot of people on Reddit were saying that they think she's the greatest ever, and they'd put her among the greatest ever wrestlers, male or female. But you don't think that she's the greatest woman wrestler ever? What? What? To to people who think she's the greatest, why would you? I mean, obviously she's great. You're not taking anything away from her, but why is she not? Your, why is she not? Your, why is she not your number one? Well, my number one is Bonacano. Right. Why is <laughs> Why is Toyota not your number one? Well, because she didn't leave Japan. See, Bonacano had, you know, American run, WWE and WCW, and also she was CMLL Mexican champion and traveled all over the world. And also she worked as a leader of the that uh, uh, all Japan women's, the whole crew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have a leader in the locker room. Bonacano is the leader of your locker room. Whereas Manami Toyota is an artist. She is on her own. Does not belong to a certain group of, you know, friends. She's always a loner, you know? An artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. So there's a locker room re you know, leader type. There's a artist type, you know? And Toyota Manami, you know, Manami Toyota is your artist. I mean, one of a kind, of course. And Have you she, ever... Yeah, yeah. As you say, have you ever talked to Bull Nakano about Manami Toyota, which he thinks of Manami Toyota in the ring? Oh, never really particularly asked Bull about what do you think about Toyota. Well, they all they all you know their own person, right? You know, yeah. What about uh, Yamada? When you talk, do you ever talk to Yamada about? It? Obviously, you know that's a key part of uh, their sort of intertwined. Yamada and. Manami Toyota had a it worked as a tag team, right? You know? So they were equal, you know, pretty much equal. And uh, yeah, and also boy type character and girl type character, you know. Obviously, Yamada was boyish one with short hair, yeah, and, and they dress like you know male wrestler, and he kicks, right? And Toyota always dressed like pretty woman. And black costume, pretty face, and running drop kicks, all, all kinds, just very female-like, you know, pers persona. I, I should say, yeah. Maybe um, for American audience, yes, Manami Toyota could look bigger star than Bonakan. I can see that. And the boy is more of a heel gimmick, right? Yeah. Yeah, but Bonacano to me is a leader of the puck and leader of the big, huge bus that they travel with, you know, and the bus. Can you imagine all those wrestlers are in sitting in the same bus, travel all over Japan, and they used to have 300 shows a year, you know, 300 shows a year, working like that. 
and uh, the Bonacano was a leader that the people come and ask, you know, you know, just a leader that uh, okay, let's listen to you know Nakano's opinion on it, and and, and uh, she uh, her opinion mattered, you know. How big of a draw was Manami Toyota? Ooh, that's also an interesting question because when all Japan women was at its peak, like in mid nineties, it was all superstar show. Manami Toyota was not necessarily the sole superstar like Hulk Hogan, one person to draw. See, all Japan women had multiple stars at the time, so it's hard to say. Hard to say Manami Toyota was the only superstar that drew people, you know? It's hard to say. So if, do you think she's like the, you you say she's top 10, but you say top 10, you mean top 10 male and female or just top 10 female? Top 10 female, but it could be top 10 men or women. Yeah, it's hard to say because you, if you count like people like 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 I always say, Ricky Doza, yeah. Jan Baba, Antonio Inoki, Jumbo Tsuruda, Ricky Choshu, Fujinami, yeah. Great Muta, Maeda, Onita, it's already 10. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so it's a, I'd say top 20, male or female, top 15. No, I don't know. Yeah, a very special person. It's, it's you cannot compare apple to orange, right? So it's not fair for them to be compared. Yeah, because you cannot compare Onita and Manami Toyota. They both drew, both popular, both huge superstar, but they're doing different things. You know, it's hard. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's okay. So, what do you think? <laughs> what is the what is the the legacy of Manami Toyota? Um, she was responsible to um, to create a lot of bootleg videos from Japan, right? Because <laughs> people in America wanted to watch women's wrestling from Japan. There was no access, not much access during nineties. Somebody always, you know, videotaped their TV shows, VH tapes, and they shipped to your friends in America. They dubbed the, you know, VH tape to your, you know, then you start trading in, and, and just like what happened to Tiger Mask against Dynamite Kid match in early 80s, people were just buying VHS, you know, video deck, you know. Uh, at the time, and say, I want to watch Tiger Mask, right? So you have you had pen pals or some friends from overseas. It's all before internet kind of things, you know? And uh, Toyota falls into that era too. Mid-90s into late 90s, they were changing from VHS to DVD, but not quite internet streaming service or anything yet. So people actually traded VHS tapes and DVDs then. So it was for hardcores, don't you think? Yeah, no, definitely. I I think yeah. um I think also I think her legacy is, you know, she had 
consistently great matches. You know, she never had, yeah. you know, really bad a, a bad match. Yeah, you know, she's oh, sort of like a, yeah, you know, it's like a Kurt Angle. It's like, you you know, or it's not, you know, he came second, so he's like a Benami Toyota, I guess. But, you know, we're uh-huh. just trying to find a, a modern contemporary. But whenever they were on the card, wherever they were slotted, you always knew that they was going. that was going to, it was, was guaranteed to be a, to be a good, good match. match. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. Eddie Grail, yes. Benoit, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Liger. You know, yeah, There's all that was always, you know, pretty much going to be a good match, and they were all, no matter whomever they were working with, right, they figured right. out a way to get a good match. Yeah. Probably people start taking her for granted, you know, because she's yeah. never hurt, and she's, she's always going to have a good match, great match, and uh, kind of felt safe about it, like start taking her for granted, you know, almost. It's yeah. a good point. Very interesting, yeah. But last few years where she was a little bit slowing down and a little heavier than her prime time, but still in the same costume, drop kicks are not as high as what it used to be, but but you're still Manami Toyota, you know? So it was like a more like a rock and Hulk Hogan in their later on career, you know. It, it was, it's time to go, is what you're saying. Uh, well, I'm sure she can still work, but uh, what she was telling her friend was that, she, you know, she had joined All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling after her ninth grade. She she quit high school, you know, at the tenth grade, and joined All Japan Women. And she didn't have her youth, like your go out to you know to movies or go do fun things with your classmates or anything like that. She really feels that she missed out on a lot of things as a teenager. Right now, she wants to go home and go to movies, go to concerts, read books, do whatever she felt that she didn't do as a teenager. She got to do it now. You know that's what she's telling people just gonna have a good time like a normal human being or something you know yeah she's you know, just yeah it was just you know if you are a star when you're 16 17 those people have their own you know um not a problem but they have a feeling that the, she you know onita felt the same way they missed out on things that the other people were doing that you know in your teenage era in the teenage ages you know, it's not that much fun, maybe, you know, go out on Friday night with your friends, go to movies, you know, go to, I don't know, hamburger joints and share your french fries or something, you know, she felt that she missed out on that. Isn't that funny? Well, you know, if I end up coming to uh, coming to Japan for uh, Wrestle Kingdom, I'll share my French fries with her. We can, well, she can have, <laughs> she can have all the French yeah, fries right, she wants. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's not funny because yeah. those superstar people think, "Look, what normal people are doing is not that great," you know. But they really feel that they missed out on these things, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. But French fries well, are state good. Fair. I will say that. French fries are good. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about the, uh, let's talk about uh, the Tokyo Joe, the band known as Tokyo Joe. He yes, yes, Tokyo Joe. Probably um, um, before mo- most of our listeners, you know, time, right? Because I don't know what kind of audience we have for our show. But uh, uh, Joe Daigo uh, 
is a Japanese wrestler who lived in Calgary. Okay, he was born 1942 during the war. You know, and age of 15 he became sumo wrestler. He's from Sendai. And 1966, um, that makes he's like a 20, yeah, uh, 24. He had joined young Antonio Inoki's Tokyo Pro Wrestling. There was a there was a company before New Japan. When when Inoki was 23 years old, he had opened his first independent company, Inoki, 23. Tokyo Pro Wrestling, very short lived. Lasted only one year, but on, uh, Joe Daigo was a rookie there. After Tokyo Pro Wrestling went down, he had joined IWE International Wrestling Enterprise, another you know wrestling company at the time, active. You know, people like Russia Kimura, the strong Kobayashi, the Animal Hamaguchi, Mighty Inoue. See, all those, you know, um, different stuff from Baba and Inoki, they had television and everything that uh, Joe Daigo worked for IWE. And in 1973, in 1973, young Daigo, Joe Daigo was discovered by Mad Dog Vashon. Mad Dog Vashon. Okay. That, that's another legend name that maybe young audience are not so familiar with. What do you think? I would hope so. The legend, uh, yeah. AWA guy, Minnesota. Sure. Uh, Ma- and at Montreal. the end, he even worked for WWE yeah. a teeny bit, you know? Yeah. Dai- Joe Daigo was discovered by Mad Dog Vashan when he had Japan tour. And then Mad Dog Vashan brought da- Joe Daigo to Montreal in 1973. And he took the new ring name of Tokyo Joe. Tokyo Joe in Montreal and at the time Montreal was your legend heaven you had Bruno Sammartino you had Killer Kowalski young Andre the Giant Don Leo Jonathan Edouard Carpentier all those big legends working in Montreal at the time so Tokyo Joe was able to work against all those big huge legends yeah and following year 1974 in winter uh, actually March but still winter in Calgary right he had a terrible car car accident and he had to have his right leg amputated so that was the end of his wrestling career Joe Joe Daigo Tokyo Joe at the time he had his right leg amputated okay there was a choice, I'm sure, that uh, he, you know that uh, he was to come you know, come back to Japan at the time, but Canada is great social welfare country, right? Yeah, Basically. with the uh, yeah, yeah with the health the healthcare yeah. Yeah, healthcare. He, Joe Daigo had long court battles. You know, he he had a good lawyer, and Canadian government was paying for his medical bills. And he, you know, like uh, he, they bought him new home, and he ended up being, you know, becoming Canadian citizens, and ended up living the rest of his life in, Cal- you know, Canada. And during the 70s, he was booking American uh, Canadian wrestlers from Cal- Calgary to IWE, still active at the time. 
he brought in people like Gypsy Joe, Tor Kamata, Gil Hayes, um, a lot of Cuban assassin, David Schultz, all kinds, um, Stella White, Moondog, all the Canadian wrestlers had tours through him. They went to IWE. Then IWE went down in summer of 1981. Joe Daigo signed an agent contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling, 1984. Still working in wrestling. Uh, 94, uh, 84 on, Joe Daigo had brought people in, like, if you remember, Haxo Higgins. Uh, he brought in King Kong Bundy, relatively unknown name. He brought in Kokina. Later on, he became Yokozuna. Uh, he brought in Soul Taker. Later on, he became Godfather. And there was one wrestler, uh, the Warlord, Hunga the Barbarian. And one wrestler we cannot forget, he brought in a wrestler called Punisher Dice Morgan, who later on became The Undertaker. Um, the, uh, Joe Daigo was responsible to bringing those American rookies into Japan. And they all became superstars later on. Isn't that interesting? Didn't he also, he was also critical helping, uh, didn't he also help Harry Smith and uh, Tyson Kidd, TJ... Uh... Yeah, that him and Mr. Hito, though, you know, also uh, no longer with us. Mr. Hito, that uh, Katsuji Adachi, another Japanese wrestler uh, who lived in Canada and was really tight with Hart family, you know. And uh, yes, I can't remember. Ah, okay, here. Dynamite Kid, young Dynamite Kid was also brought in, uh, booked by Joe Daigo first, very first tour. So he was able to discover just genuine raw talent in wrestlers. They all became this huge superstar later on. That's interesting. Also, he had trained Japanese wrestlers in Canada. People like, you know, Tenzan, Kojima, Otani, Yoshie. Those guys were brought to Canada. They just trained him and feed him and make them make your body big then those japanese wrestlers like kojima tenzan otani yoshie were all sent to out of Vance, the european tour before they were brought back to japan as a star so joe daigo worked this method of training young japanese wrestlers have them you know gain weight have them grow their hair and come up with new ring name gimmick and just have them have more experience in Europe. I uh, was tight with Otto, also another person who passed away recently, Otto Vance's company, and they were running winter territories, right, in Germany and Austria, and they all worked there before they were brought back to Japan as somebody new. Same method, you know, same method that uh, you know, all these yo hey or yo or, uh, you know, Jay White too, you know, th those guys have to, have to leave Japan for a certain period of time, then come back as a, a different person. The method is, the method is still there. How Are you still he, with me? Yeah, how did he, uh, how was he able to see The Undertaker? Did The Undertaker come to Calgary or was he just No, no, of... he was traveling in Tennessee. Okay. He was working as a punisher in Tennessee. Yeah. See, da Joe Daigo discovered Coquina in Pensacola. 
Okay. Yeah, and、uh, he discovered Konga the Barbarian, you know, Shioni, you know, Konga the Barbarian in San Francisco.、Um, Kansas City, he had discovered Hacksaw Higgins. He didn't really make it that big. Soul Taker, other people too. So you go into small territory, go to Tennessee, and check out all the wrestlers, and just say, "I like this guy" or something, and then start them into coming to Japan. Relatively inexpensive fee because they are rookie at the time, but you can see talent there. Isn't that interesting? He was also friends with Jeff Jarrett. Interesting, and he just he,、uh, yeah. he just ended up living his life and、uh, became Canadian citizen. Canadian citizen also also never lost the passion for wrestling after he became disabled. You know, yeah, very passionate person. I've met him. Yeah, so very passionate. So he so he's he's、uh, been responsible for a great many careers throughout the years. I think so. Yeah, and then、uh, it's.、Um, The credit credit hasn't been given to him that much. When you look back, more credit should be given to him. You know, what's also amazing is is the diversity of the body types, heights, wrestling、yeah. styles.、Uh, you know,、yeah. there's not just one kind. He didn't just go out and find all giants or all junior heavyweights. There's a there's a、I、lot of not. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because New Japan always needed big size American, though. Kokina, before you know he became Yokozuna, Kokina was regular. You know, Konga the Barbarian was regular. The Warlord was pretty much regular before he went to WWE, and、uh, um, Punisher Dice Morgan before he was Undertaker. He was invited back, but、uh, WWE signed him you know, right away in '91. And、uh, if he wasn't for、uh, WWE's Undertaker, maybe, just maybe, Undertaker guy, you know him as a Punisher, Dice Morgan, could have had a long career in Japan. Never know. Yeah, no, you never know. Yeah, yeah. All right.、Yeah. Well, look.、Um, I'll、yeah. tell you what. Why don't we、uh, Why don't we wrap it up there? But we've covered a lot、okay. of stuff. But But next week we'll answer your questions. So do the hashtag Ask Fumi on Twitter. And where can they find you? I will you answer. On- yeah, as many questions I yeah I would like. Yeah. Well, and、answer. I want more. Yeah, I want more people to be giving questions, and then we can study more and learn about it. You know. And I'm I'm not saying I'm teaching people, but that we can share good stories. And what we what we all have in common, we can sit down and talk about wrestling forever. There you go. <laughs> right. You can find him on Twitter at Fumi Hikodayo. That's F U M I H I K O D A Y O. I'm at Jim Valley.、Uh, you can also find him on Facebook at Fumi Saito. Yes. And you can find me on Facebook at Jim Valley.、Uh, if we're not, we don't have the same number of friends or whatever, same similar friends. Just send me a message, and that way it'll be cool. We'll add you. No problem,、yeah. but next、yeah. week, next week I do want to talk about if we have time, unless huge news breaks.、Uh, Americans, North Americans who、uh, made it in Japan, who didn't make it necessarily as big in North America,、okay. and、uh, vi- vice versa.、So、right, can, some translated, some didn't translate. Yeah, so sort of a lost、right. in translation show. Right, right, right. 
or somebody who was already a big, huge star in America, who was, you know, who were brought into Japan, but wasn't necessarily was the same. Right. Yeah. Like or said. be treated like an additional, you know, like a uh, attraction. See, Jerry the King Lana had Japan tour too. I'm but fascinated not by that. Japanese program. He was brought in as guest. Yeah, I definitely want yeah. to talk about that. We'll do that all next yeah. week. So thank you for listening. Be sure to share and like and subscribe. Share it with your friends. I love the growth we're seeing. Hopefully we'll uh, keep doing shows that you like and you want to listen and you want to uh, tell your friends and be sure to share on the social right. media. So we appreciate it. So until next yeah. time. Okay, thank you very much. We'll see you so from- long from Tokyo.